Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Vancouver Eastside Vineyard Church on this Mother's Day, May the 10th, the fifth Sunday of Easter on this beautiful morning here in Vancouver. And regardless of where you're joining us from, a huge welcome. And I'm Gordy, and today I want to talk about change and fear of the unknown. And uh, as we normally do, I'd like to welcome you to just uh, enter into some silence with me for a moment. Maybe just relax where you are and take a couple of deep breaths. Just breathe in and breathe out. And again, just breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. And then just breathe normally. And as I light this candle, enter into some silence. And just be aware of the weight of your body where you're sitting and any feelings or emotions you're feeling this morning. And know that wherever you are, this candle reminds us that Jesus is with us. We are not alone. I'm mindful on this Mother's Day, which is often such a mix of emotions anyway, on this, especially so today, with uh, the uh, social distancing that we have to do, and many of us having to love our loved ones from a distance, and the pain of that. And so much grace and peace and favor on all of you, wherever you are on this day, whatever that pain may entail. May God's grace and comfort and presence be with you today. Change in fear of the unknown. Wow, is that ever a relevant topic? And it comes right out of our text and speaks to our time because, I mean, we were already experiencing uh, change on such a massive scale in our world. And then along came the coronavirus. And, and three months ago, who knew what social distancing meant? Who knew what flattening the curve or e uh, PPE meant, uh, personal protective equipment. These are all common terms with the, the change that's come. And with this change comes fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of, with questions like what, what's going to happen and how long will this last and will things ever be the same? And, and I think encompassing that fear is the fear of loss, uh, the fear of what we will lose. And, and, and that's probably most consummated in the fear of death. Uh, because death is the, is the ultimate loss of everything we know, our health, our family, our friends, everything familiar and dear to us as we know it. And yet we're in Easter, and so we're reminded that because Jesus rose from the dead, death does not have the final say. Death is not the end. In fact, it's only another beautiful beginning. And, and, and to our resurrection, that we, with the hope that we will be raised from the dead, but you know, as you think about it, as, as uh, humans, our, our lives are a series of 
of deaths and resurrections, many deaths and many resurrections from birth to our physical death. And they are kind of typified by seasons like uh, summer and fall and winter and then springtime, all entail seasons that we have to let go of to embrace the new. And, and those many deaths are like that. I'll never forget the time that my daughter, who at the time was 20 years old, came in, and she's still living at home, and she came into my bedroom. I was doing some bedtime reading at night. She came by my bedside, re reached over, and gave me a big hug and kiss, and she said, goodbye, Daddy. And I looked up in surprise, and I said, where are you going? And then it hit me. The next day was her wedding day, and I was going to walk her down the aisle, and I was going to give her away to her bridegroom, Marcus, and then I was going to run around, or not run, but walk around to the altar in front and do the wedding ceremony. And it hit me that for the uh, first time, it, the reality hit me that a season was ending, that this little girl that had been next in the next room to us for 20 years, that had been such a joy and delight, was no longer going to be home. And so there was a, the ending of a season. So the next morning when I woke up, it started out a bit like a funeral. I wept for two hours because I realized that I was saying goodbye to the season. But what started out as a funeral ended up being one of the most happy days of my life on that wedding day. And the joy that followed of a new family and of course grandchildren that came out of it. So death and resurrection in that alone. And speaking of grandchildren, my youngest granddaughter, Alina, celebrated her eighth birthday on Friday. Special milestone because for the first time she can swim in the swimming pool outside the, the arm's length of an adult. That's a huge milestone. So congratulations, Alina. And so Jesus uh, in his text is addressing a similar disorientation that his disciples are experiencing because they've enjoyed this three years of, of seeing him heal the sick and raise the dead and, and feed the 5,000 and confront the Pharisees and preach amazing sermons. And it's just been such a wonderful world. But now he's telling them he's gonna go away for a while. And there's this sorrow that you feel. And they're, they're, not only is he gonna go away, but he tells them that they're gonna, they're gonna fail him. They're gonna deny him and betray him and run away. And it's just so upsetting to them. And, uh, and, and, and they're realizing, they're grieving the loss of this season. So it's in, it's in the middle of that that Jesus says to them, he says to them what he's saying to us today, I believe, with all the fear and, and of the unknown, the uncertainty, the change, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. It's like calm, glassy water being stirred up. That's the Greek word. Don't let your hearts get stirred up. Believe in God, believe in me. That's his word to us in the midst of change. And his promise follows. He says, in my father's house, there's plenty of room. There's, there's space for you. There's space for you to be you, to be accepted, to be that unique person, to not have to fit into this rigid whatever of expectation, but you're free to be you. And in that place of acceptance, there's even place for our mess. He said to them, you're gonna blow it, but I'll meet you in Galilee. It's okay, we'll just move on. So space, and then he says, I go to prepare place for you. And the place speaks of belonging and welcome. 
And that's what he promises them, this place of welcome when they believe and trust in him. Then he goes on to say, you're never going to be alone. I'm always going to be with you. The Father's going to be with you. The Holy Spirit's going to be with you. I'll never leave you as orphans. You're never alone. And then finally, he says, you think this season was good? I've got news for you. As hard as it is for you to believe this, there's more where that came from. And there's even better days coming. There's a better time coming for you because you're going to believe in the Father. My works you're doing and greater works. I think to illustrate this, as I was thinking about this this week, what came to mind was, as many of you know, one of the greatest joys of our life over the last 15 years has been hosting international homestay students in our, in our home. And the door actually opened for us through Kathleen's vocation as teaching English as a second language. And it actually began with professionals and college-age students and, and career people, people who are well-established, even uh, people in, in midlife who had already established careers. We've had uh, top political leaders, well-known international leaders stay in our home just wanting to brush up on our English. And, and no matter who it's been, I have to say, it's been an incredible joy. But about three years ago, uh, things took a turn when I received an email from a 16-year-old high school student from Switzerland. Her name was Leone. Leone heard about us through Marcus's family who who were attending her father's church. Her father's a pastor in Switzerland. And she requested that we would host her for a five-month exchange where she went to Templeton School. Well, Kathleen and I fell in love with her before she ever arrived, and it was such a joy to greet her at the airport. And she looked at me, up at me with that big smile, and it was like, I'm ready for an adventure. And boy, was it ever. We just had the most amazing five months, and enjoyed her in her home. She brought her friends into her home, brought her friends to church, and it was like this, this beautiful community. And, and uh, we just so uh, grieved when it was time for her to go. It was like, not only did Leone leave, but she left, uh, her friends left, and her community left, and it was like a season that ended. Well, this has happened uh, over and over again, and we have since hosted uh, students from Brazil, uh, Anna, uh, uh, Santiago from Mexico, uh, Naomi from Germany, and most recently, Sophie from, from Italy. And every time, it's been just this most amazing experience. And what I love to do, what we love to do, is, is, is meet them at the airport if they're not already in town. We meet them at the airport and welcome them into our into our lives. And we just find there's something so important about somebody uh, waiting for you. And, and so uh, we, we welcome them into our home, we give them an orientation, and we say to them, our house is your house. And we really mean that. And there's a few rules, of course, but those rules are based on the premise that uh, just let's be considerate and love one another. That's, that's the rule of our home. So we eat meals together. Uh, once a week, we try to do an outing together, show them our beautiful city and the, the world. And a, a special feature is them, their friends coming into our home and, and meeting their friends from the school. And, and, and many times their friends go on these outings with us as well. 
many of them, not all, but some actually join our church family and become part of, of, of our church family. And what's been so beautiful is that the, the, the relationship has continued after they've gone home and, and we've become friends with their families, with their parents. We actually stayed with Leone's family in Switzerland last, uh, last summer for a week and they hosted us so, so beautifully. And when they leave, it's like I said, there's, there's this large hole that happens. And, and again and again, we've grieved this and it, and it always hurts. But what I've noticed is that if we hadn't have opened our hearts, it wouldn't hurt. It was the opening of the heart this, this, that brought the tears. And yet we feel that we always receive as much as, if not more, than what we ever gave I think the grief over our most recent homestay, uh, Sophie, uh, was particularly acute because of the way it came. It came so unexpectedly and, and suddenly. And Sophie was already in Vancouver last fall, and we met her through our previous homestay, Naomi. And Naomi was such a joy. She came in the wake of my father's passing, and Naomi was like an angel, uh, just bringing such joy and comfort to our home. And uh, I didn't know how I was gonna cope with Naomi's leaving, and then Sophie came. It's just a beautiful comfort. And we met her, she was having a difficult time with a previous homestay, and we heard that she was trying to find a different arrangement. And so we contacted the agency and made arrangements for her to come into our home. And we had this most amazing two months uh, with, with Sophie. And she was just a tease, I think. Something had been pent up in the previous homestay that she'd been at where she didn't feel like she could be herself. Well, she let it all out and she was a nonstop tease. Uh, one day I went to Starbucks and I ordered a drink and uh, I ordered it, they asked my name and I said, Gordy, well, there's something got lost in translation. And instead of saying Gordy, they wrote Lordy on, the, on the, my mug. Well, Sophie saw that and she never let me hear the end of it. From then on, uh, she would constantly address me as Lordy. And uh, she was a constant tease and she would scold me uh, constantly for eating too much butter and, and sugar or for not listening to Kathleen. Uh, she'd give me a hard time. We had so much laughter and singing. We'd often get on the piano and guitar and sing worship songs. She loved to come to church with us. Many of you got to know her in our community, even though it was a short two months, but we'd sing Coldplay songs as well at the top of our lungs. And she'd often bring friends over and, and enjoying our new smart uh, TV we had. They'd be watching The Bachelor. Our house would be full of international students and local students, guys and girls um, uh, from Canada and from around the world enjoying The Bachelor. Yes, you heard that right. That's a whole nother story. And uh, so often after church, Kathleen and Sophie and I would go out for Sunday sushi. So when the COVID-19 restrictions on international travel hit, uh, we were given about two days notice and she was gone. And it ripped our hearts in two. Uh, because in, the, in addition to the normal grief of saying goodbye to someone, it was this crushed hopes. I mean, we had three more months that we'd been looking forward to. And it's been a whole month and I'm still tending to that grief and I'm, I'm also mindful that I'm coming up to the one year anniversary of my father's death. So there's been a lot of uh, grief 
that I've been uh, processing in the midst of all this change that's been going on personally and at a macro scale. And the other day I had this experience because grief comes in waves, doesn't it? You can, you can have this relief and then all of a sudden it'll just hit like another wave. And uh, this week I was journaling on the, my couch here in the house and uh, I was just processing some grief and another wave of grief just hit me and I just let the tears come emptied a Kleenex box, and as I wept, as I was weeping, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I literally felt the arms of God come around me and hold me. And it wasn't physical, but it was just as tangible. I felt God holding me, and God was weeping with me didn't give me any advice, didn't try to exhort me, or didn't try to say, there, there. God was just holding me, and I was weeping. Now, that was amazing enough, but you know what else happened as, as that, in that moment? Something came out of my spirit, right out of my heart, with these words. I said, Father, would you please hold me like this? when I die. And I was actually surprised. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. But all of a sudden I realized that this grief that I was feeling, unknown to me, um, was tapping into a deep-seated fear that I was still struggling with. And that was the fear that I, I suffer I suffered it uh, when I had my nervous breakdown, and that was the fear that I would go to hell when I die. And for two years, uh, I had a mental illness and a nervous breakdown, and, and I believed that I was lost forever. And I've had a lot of healing from that, and I was heavily medicated for five years. And I've been healed from that, and I'm not on medication, but I'm vulnerable, I still have a limp. And when there's a seasonal disorder in November and, and low light months, I, I struggle with it. And then with the grief that I've been experiencing through social isolation, even though I'm an introvert, um, I still, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Trinitarian person. I've been in the image of God. I'm born for community. And, and Kathleen, of course, has been wonderful and held me through this time. But I miss my larger community and can't even hug my grandkids. And I think my system is feeling it. And I think a lot of you are feeling it in ways you don't realize. But I realized I tapped into something. And I realized that if God held me like this when I died, then nothing else mattered. It didn't matter what I was letting go of. It didn't matter what I was saying goodbye to. That God was the source of it all. And there was always more. And you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. When you let something go to God, you can never outgive God. God is a giver, a generous giver. More and more, over and over, on and on, God gives. And so it was a very powerful moment for me. And as mentioned, a number of our homestays have come to us having had a bad experience with a previous homestay host. And uh, what do you think the primary issue has been? Think about it. What surprised me was how seemingly benign the issue was, how seemingly simple the issue was. Was it because they had bad food? 
Was it because they had bad accommodations? Or were they being abused in some way, shape or form? You know, the most common thing that students that had a bad homestay experience told me is they didn't feel at home where they, where they lived. They didn't feel like they were part of the family. They were consigned to a room, a space in the house, treated as tenants. And all they longed for was this sense of home. Through our previous homestay in Naomi, we met uh, one of these students, uh, a friend of hers who was staying at a, having a really bad experience. And she was just one of the sweetest, emotionally intelligent people we've ever met. And she ended up spending a lot of time in our house. And we made her our adopted homestay. And Sina's situation became so painful for her that in the last month before she returned home, she ended up spending more time at our place and became part of our family. And she actually asked to help me shop. She so longed to be a part of things. And so she did. She wanted to cook and bake and clean. And, and we took her on outings and we tried to make up for lost time. And uh, she just became part of us. And uh, I drove her, uh, when it was time to give, uh, say goodbye, uh, before she returned home, uh, she gave us this album. And you know what this album is? It's her life. From the time she was a little girl up to her time here in Vancouver. And she wrote, on, she gave me a bunch of recipes that I can cook with. And she said, uh, she said, you both, she was talking to Kathleen and me because we like to sing together, have a wonderful voice. I love the private concerts, she called, with, with you and after dinner. You always offered me a ride and you were always okay with me coming over even though I wasn't your homestay student. You made me feel like you are my host family and I enjoyed every single minute with you. We nailed it. And she writes some more. And I thought, as I drove her to the airport on the day she had to say goodbye, and along with her friends, said goodbye in tears. And I held her. I thought how much her host family had missed out simply because they didn't see her. They didn't open their hearts. And I'm not judging anybody, but I think we have to be aware of our capacity and what we're aware of and our limits when we have people in our homes. And so we're still in regular contact with her as with all our other uh, homestay students. So Jesus promised us that we can embrace change without fear because he's promised a place of acceptance for us with lots of room. Never rejected, a place of belonging and welcome for us where we'll never be left alone or forsaken. And finally, he promised us that as good as all those things are that we have experienced, that we now have to let go of, there's more where that came from and things will be even better. That he'd been with them, but now he'd be in them and they do greater works. And I don't know what the post-COVID world's gonna look like economically and politically, but from the perspective of the kingdom of God, God's promise is for you and me. 
we believe him, we trust him, it's going to be better. So finally, as I wrap this up, I want to send out kudos, first of all, to my own mom, who has been so amazing in my life in giving me a place called home and letting me know that no matter where I, I go or what I do, I am loved unconditionally. And I want to send special kudos to my wife, Kathleen, for being home to me all these years and loving me through pain and through joy, through these life, deaths, and resurrections that we've walked through, and we're not done yet. Big thank you to Kathleen and to Dee, my beautiful daughter, who has been such a constant source of joy and encouragement. When I went through that terrible nervous breakdown, and up to this day, she continues to be such a bright light. And to all you beautiful women in our church who have such a critical and important part of making VEV a place that so many can call home. Thank you. May the Lord's love, grace, and peace be with you all. Amen.